Namaste Jaihind welcome to another edition of ANI podcast with Smita Prakash My guest today is a second generation politician from the Bharatiya Janata Party He has seen policies and programs being formed in the party in the Vajpayee Advani era and now to the Modi Shah era Piyush Goyal is known to be part of the group of ministers which is on a mission mode to accomplish goals set before them before campaigning begins for the 2024 general election Mr Goel has held several portfolios in the cabinet but currently he is minister of commerce and industry consumer affairs and public distribution minister of textiles and is leader of the Rajya Sabha in his tenure as minister of commerce and industry india achieved its highest ever exports of about 675 billion dollars in 2021-22 Piyushi thank you so much for being part of this podcast. Uh, I've been looking forward to speaking with you. I've interviewed you before but not uh, as part of the podcast. This is a completely different format but you are mahir in all this. You've done a podcast before. <laughs> so, uh, uh let's begin with you have a zillion uh, portfolios. So, let me begin with commerce and industry first. Um what are the steps that uh, your government is taking to boost exports i want to know because uh, i've just read out in the introduction that the highest ever exports under your tenure uh, which we had which is 600 675 billion dollars is uh, 2021 22 is what i've heard so tell me how did you get here what was your goal that was set before you and what is the goal for the next year now thank you very much for giving me this opportunity smita ji truly a delight to engage with this new form of communication which is taking the world by storm and i, I had the opportunity to see some of your shows they're really quite interesting very engaging thank very you. enjoyable thank you uh, smita ji exports are the strength of an economy particularly when you're producing high quality products they help you reach out to new markets they help you on foreign exchange they provide jobs to crores of your brothers and sisters and prime minister narendra modi is very focused that if india has to become a developed nation we will have to look at greater international engagements mm. on 6th of august 2021 in the middle of covid he addressed all the industry associations captains of industry all our export promotion councils all the line ministries who are engaged with products goods and services which are exported and he truly gave a very very inspiring address he brought the best out of each one of us and get got the whole ecosystem in the true spirit of the whole of the government approach here he made it a whole of the nation approach hmm. and got the best coming out of all stakeholders related to the export sector so we've tried to make ease of doing business so that more people can uh, venture into newer areas we focused on expanding existing markets existing sectors also looked at new sectors new markets virgin uh, areas where we had not ventured before we engaged 180 missions across the world and all mission heads were given a KPI a key performance indicator for those who don't know uh, just to interrupt you missions you mean embassies right the embassies yeah. or uh, high commissions high commissions right and uh, he got all of them engaged saying that you will be assessed on 
your performance on trade, your performance on technology, mm-hmm. your performance on tourism. Okay. And this became the collective energy mm. of the whole ecosystem. Mm. And we were at $500 billion in the year 2021. You're right. We achieved $675 in the year 21-22. But I'll just correct you a little bit. Mm-hmm. In the year 22-23, the year just gone by. A very challenging year. Very difficult year. Yeah. The conflict is not over. Mm. World's biggest and uh, most developed nations are facing recession. Inflation is very high. Despite that, mm. last year we grew from 675 to 776 billion. Okay. So we've actually, if you see in rupees, mm. we've grown from 38 lakh crores of exports two years ago. We have grown to 62 lakh crores in two years. Okay. Now just imagine the jobs, the opportunities, what our startups, our young people are getting. Right. Now uh, tell me uh, in this quality control, because exports, one was always, you know, talking about exports and then it was like exports cannot go up because India doesn't have quality control. So where was it on your priority list to see that you have quality control? I know there was a time when you went to the market. Mm. You would say that you have export quality ka yeah. dekha na. Likha hota tha for export quality. Yeah. And uh, I remember in the first year of government, Prime Minister Modi gave us a mantra mm. Z, zero effect, zero defect. Mm. And he has consistently maintained that India cannot afford to be left behind in the race for good quality. Mm. Just like you recognize Switzerland for mm. a watch maybe or chocolates or you recognize Japan for precision manufacturing or for zero defect manufacturing or you recognize, let's say, the whiskies of United Kingdom, the mm. Scotch whiskies or single malls. Every country has focused on creating a brand equity. Okay. And Prime Minister Modi has consistently been guiding us that we should bring out high quality products from India Mm. which are of world standards internationally accepted standards we've been aggressively working on it for twin purposes Mm. it's not only about our exports it's our consumers I'm responsible to 140 crore Indians for uh, ensuring Mm. that they get a good deal they get value for money Mm. they get high quality products at affordable prices as consumer affairs minister so it's the consumer affairs department based on the demand for high quality products that our consumers have a right to that is focusing on expanding uh, quality standards. We now have a uh, huge number of standards in goods and services and we continue to have new standards coming out mm. in the thousands. We have also introduced the concept of quality control orders more aggressively. Okay, There were quality control orders by Around 2014, I think we had 110, 120 uh, products which came under quality control. Mm. Now we have crossed 400 Mm. and the target is to go up to 1500 Mm. products Mm. which will have a strict quality control order Mm. and all production in India or all goods sold in India, even if imported, will all have to meet those exacting quality standards so that the people of India get a fair deal and our whole mindset for quality becomes... How do you enforce that? 
the quality control orders are enforced at every point. So if any imports come in, they're they're enforced at the uh, customs at the borders. Within India, we do uh, do keep uh, doing quality checks for goods being sold in the market. We pick up samples randomly from shops and get them quality tested. We also ensure that goods that are sold have the mark of BIS, the Bureau of Indian Standards. Hmm. So Bureau of Indian Standards for all goods which are non-food products hmm. and the FSS AI hmm. uh, for all food-related products. These two organizations, we have now centered all the quality control aspects. Earlier, there were many different bodies. Agmark would do something yes, for agricultural products. We've yeah. closed that. Okay. All Agmark products have gone to FSSI. Yeah. Earlier, BIS used to do over 150 food products. Yeah. So market and uh, stakeholders are all to. confused. Ha, ha, ha. We've now brought it down to only two, BIS and FSSI. Hmm. That way we've wound up all the other organizations. We've reduced the burden on our business persons, made it easier to do business. And we have also been able to enforce effective uh, compliance of quality control orders with that. I'm guessing this is going to come under ease of doing business also, which you talked about, where, you know, people who are manufacturing, they have a single window, window to right. go to and they are not confused as to where to go. Uh, on this, India jumped 79 positions from 142 to, in 2014 to 63rd. You were talking about these regulatory mechanisms that came into uh, force. How do international standards organizations judge that, okay, this is what it means ease of doing business? Well, there used to be a very established World Bank ranking methodology. Hmm. And this methodology was more stakeholder feedback related. So they would come, they would assess uh, the processes and government systems to engage with businesses. They would talk to business persons, micro, small, medium and large mm. uh, and find out whether people are really experiencing that change. And out of that, they would work out the index. And the index is not an absolute number. Okay. It's a relative index. Mm. So you are relative to other countries mm. at 63rd rank today. Right. Unfortunately, in 2019, some irregularities were found in a neighboring nation, mm. uh, not necessarily a nation which has very transparent systems. Mm. So therefore, they tried to uh, game the ranking system, got caught with their hand in their till, and the World Bank decided to discontinue the rankings. Mm. Despite that, uh, we have continued to rank our states. We have continued to pursue the path of making it easier to do business. So really, we don't know where we are ranked relative to other countries since the uh, yeah. ranking is stopped since 19. But I'm quite confident that if any ranking was to be done now, we would be far better, possibly in the top 50. Now. Are the states competing with each other in this? It's brilliant to see the kind of uh, enthusiasm among states. I do a lot of interaction with states on this subject, on decriminalizing laws, reducing compliance burden, engaging with the national single window system so that Business persons or stakeholders have to go to only one website and from there they can get all their mm. approvals in. And I must acknowledge that the states, particularly mm. the young officers in states, mm. are equally enthusiastic. It's a collective effort. The center does drive it. And we are getting probably different types of response from different states. But by and large, every state recognizes that in this competitive world, you've got to be uh, industry-friendly, business-friendly. Otherwise, investment will go to another state. Correct. Uh, manufacturing sector, let me come to that. Because uh, 
ever since the make in india goal has been given by your government to all your state governments to all your ministers to the manufacturing industry and the world is looking at india when it comes to you know uh, the supply chain factor what are the challenges that you faced initially when you took over uh, what did people come and tell you and how much have you resolved as far as that is concerned well i think ani is also a brand ambassador for <laughs> make in india make in india you are our own very own news agency and i think you've beaten all other foreign agencies in your work in terms of scale in terms of depth of coverage and that is the true strength of india mm. the 140 crore indians particularly our youth and we are a very youthful country the kind of new ideas they come up with the kind of innovations they come up with there's so much potential in india mm. sadly we were always running after the west we were always running after the developed countries yeah. the good part is that has stopped mm. now we are looking at indigenous solutions to the multifarious problems sure. the world has on sustainability on high quality everywhere we are finding our youth come up with very very brilliant ideas you see the startup india mission we are the thir- third largest startup ecosystem in the world today mm. all of that is truly made in india innovative products or m- developed in india innovative services technologies also and uh, make in india really is a subject that prime minister modi initiated right up front in 2014 mm. and over the years he's been our greatest votary mm. he talks about it at various forums he encourages us to experiment he encourages youngsters to be willing to fail and accept that and go in for bigger challenges and to my mind uh, Make in India has now caught the fancy of Indians. Mm. I find more and more Indian businesses also talking about selling domestic products with pride. I talk, I hear a lot of uh, Indian businesses saying that we are going to cut down our import dependency, particularly with countries who are inimical to India's interests, who are not are very favorable to India. And I see there is a sense of pride mm. in being Indian. There is a sense of pride in consuming Indian goods and services. I think this is a kind of a movement which is uh, taking rapid strides the challenges are always going to be where some people will look at the least cost alternative i think we need to take a lesson or two from countries like japan or korea where you'll find a lot of nationalist spirit mm-hmm. they are willing to pay a few rupees more but want a domestically produced product they have a sense of pride a nationalist spirit that these are are local products made by our local craftsmen or workers and they also respect the fact that they have to support their own local industry mm. this can't be mandated by the government this has to come from within okay and i think gradually i'm i'm pursuing this agenda mm. i'm uh, prime minister modi keeps talking about this all the time that if all of us make it our collective uh, decision our collective duty to support each other support indian produced goods and services skies the limit where we can right. achieve uh, results so um, as i was saying i've seen you at international forums when people come to you and ask you about the india story and you you very eloqu- eloquently express uh, you know our hopes aspirations and where we want to stand uh, vis-a-vis all these things but i've also covered uh, these kind of summits you know in the 2000s early 2000s when there was similar kind of curiosity but at that time everybody used to say we want to invest 
uh, in your companies. We want to produce, we want you to manufacture, we want to bring that products into our country. But you get stuck with red tapism in your country, stuck with corruption. Are those issues still to discuss? Do you have to still answer those questions? I don't think uh, today people are complaining about what used to traditionally be our shortcomings. Mm. There will certainly be issues. There will certainly be requests, demands. There will mm. certainly be areas where we can improvise. And we have no qualms about acknowledging that we still have a long way to go. Mm. But they can see the massive transformation that's happened in the country in the last nine years. All people who come to India and engage with us, they recognize the fact that Prime Minister Modi has been able to offer a corruption-free environment. Today, no need for talals or middlemen or public policy managers mm. to be stationed in Delhi to keep going around the government offices to get your work done. They recognize the amount of digitalization that has happened. Mm -hmm. All approvals can be sought online. They recognize the fact that infrastructure has seen massive growth and improvement over the last uh, few years. They also recognize that this government is responsive. They are approachable. You don't need a friend to tell me if you want to have a meeting with me. You just send a mail and uh, I find merit in your request or I find merit in the potential that you offer. And very often... We meet people from villages. We meet people from small towns. We learn a lot from them. We get a lot of uh, feedback from them. Hmm. So I think the responsiveness of this government, the willingness and the openness hmm. with which we are engaging with stakeholders is truly the calling card of uh, the government today. At local level, at uh, state level, some people do complain of uh, problems. I very often talk to my colleagues in the states also uh, where I request them that, look, you know, you have this backlog of uh, uh, subsidies that you had promised or incentives you have promised an industry, but you haven't uh, paid up and it's giving your state a bad name and consequentially the country a bad name. Mm. But I do find people are responsive by and large. So very recently I met an industry minister who first thing he did was start the conversation by saying, I took your point very seriously when you told me about this mm. and I have sorted out and cleared uh, the uh, subsidy claims that mm. you mentioned. Mm. I said, I hope you didn't clear the mention, uh, the subsidy claim of the case that I mentioned mm. because that was just what came to my attention. Mm. Obviously, there must be many more. He said, no, no, we've cleared all. Backlog is all gone. done uh -huh. for one company and I was immensely pleased. Okay. Now, politically, we may be at different spectrum. We sure. may be at different... Uh, uh, ideology or uh, against each other. But the, I get great satisfaction that when it comes to our national interest, save and except a few cases, by and large, the nation and the, the people in the country are on the same page. Right. You know, you were mentioning small towns and villages and we're talking about manufacturing still. So the SMEs, let me get to that part. You know, there are what, 70, 75 million or 80 million SMEs or something like that in this country. How do you how do you keep track about quality control? How do we ensure that, uh, you know, the stuff that is coming from there, there is quality? Because suppose something is made, like a kurta ban gaya, ya fir biscuit ka packet ban gaya, ya papad ban gaya, 
uh, and it is exported. And if the quality is not good, it it's not just the product which brings a bad name. It's the make in India, made in India label that brings a bad name. I'm not saying that small and medium enterprises have bad quality, but what I'm guessing is that maybe it is not put through the rigors like a bigger manufacturer would. So how do we? How does India control that? Well, that's a very good question. First of all, I must tell you that uh, we are very sensitive to the concerns that the very small people may not be able to adopt these standards overnight. So in most of our quality control orders, we give a transition period. Okay. So the uh, small industry is given a certain amount of time. The micro industry whose turnover is less than five crores is given a certain longer period of time. Hmm. I've also told my department that if you come across through stakeholder consultation and feedback, any difficulty that very small people may have, let's say somebody with a turnover of 20, 30 lakhs or 50 lakhs, then we can even look at even further longer transition period. Or if it's only something which is so locally, we could even look at exemptions. So we are a very open government, a listening government, and very happy to engage with stakeholders and find solutions. Hmm. I recently met with the shoes manufacturers, hmm. leather or hmm. sports shoes. Hmm. There were some concerns that they had and they had highlighted that to me. They had highlighted that through the press. I immediately called a meeting and we got all people, traders, manufacturers, big, small, tiny. We got retailers hmm. who are doing malls or running uh, shoe stores. And we had a very open, free and frank discussion. Wherever I felt that they were, had genuine problems, we found solutions to it. Hmm. Wherever I felt that we... You know, these are certain things where you'll have to take a little tough stand. We took a tough stand because okay. ultimately, you're right, it's the nation's brand that suffers. Okay. Also, I think there's a lot more that needs to be done in terms of awareness, both of our consumers and hmm. service providers or hmm. goods providers. Hmm. That's where I think uh, friends like you, podcasts like what we are doing today can play an important role. This awareness once the consumers have and mm. they start demanding better quality. Mm. I'm very confident India's image will change. Our thinking will change. We'll start producing good uh, quality products. And I've run industry myself from a very young age. Mm. I can assure you, Smitaji, my own experience is quality is cheap. Quality never costs more money. Okay. You're, it doesn't make your product more expensive. Quality helps you reduce wastage. It helps you get a better price more often than not. Helps you capture bigger markets. Helps you grow. And therefore, I think a little more training or let's say engagement with the small people hmm. to help them understand the importance of quality is what we are doing right now. So we were talking about uh, shoe manufacturers and it just suddenly occurred to me uh, to ask you this question that a major problem, one of the earliest stories I did uh, when I was working for a foreign broadca broadcaster uh, was about the environment issue with regard to shoe uh, manufacturing. You know, when they were dumping all their coloured uh, thing, all the waste into the rivers. So that's why I want to come to that aspect that uh, when you talk, when you bring in manufacturers, retailers, uh, do you e and exporters, do you even have that environment issue in mind when you bring them? In most conversations with industry, mm -hmm. sustainability is an issue today. Okay. I have in the morning today inaugurated a trade fair at Greater Noida where the textile industry is showcasing their uh, products, fashion accessories are being showcased. 
and uh, the whole focus of the conversation both with the industry stakeholders the products that are on display and my own uh, mm-hmm. uh, engagement uh, over there was entirely focused around sustainability okay. and after my speech in fact the chairman of the uh, program and the chairman of the apparel exporters organization actually said that today wherever we go mm. the only subject that's under discussion and of deep importance is sustainability mm. they recognize that important big markets like european union uk us uh, particularly those with whom we are expanding our trade relations uh, our free trade agreements they are very very conscious of the products that they procure indians today have started becoming very uh, conscious of that you remember uh, when prime minister modi wore the recycled plastic jacket yeah, I know. in parliament yeah i mean what better brand ambassador than that for yeah. india's collective effort uh-huh. to make the world a better place to live in yeah and it it created ripples uh-huh. across the world of course yeah. juxtapose that to somebody else wearing a louis vuitton yeah yeah uh, uh, scarf uh, on the floor of parliament with a big lv written that's the stark difference but i think that's also india right that dono cheeze saath saath chal sakti hain dono avashya chal sakti hain but the issue was only about uh, we are in parliament mm-hmm. we are uh, showcasing to the country and our countrymen our concern our deep respect for every uh, citizen of the country and i think our textile manufacturers uh, certainly yeah. would have been happier to see a, a, a scarf made in kashmir yeah or a scarf made in uh, himachal True. pradesh yeah and we are seeing a lot of that the gamcha and the gamusa uh, being worn by all of you ministers all of you are wearing that and everybody is commenting on that that it's not just a fashion statement it's a statement on pride in india's textiles and we are seeing a lot of that yeah there was a time i don't know if you are aware the madras lungi madras the, checks the okay the checks but it's actually a lungi huh. whose colors fade Uh-huh. or whose colors change bleeding colors bleeding uh-huh. colors that was the usp but uh-huh. that was not something which india did out of choice it was a bad quality product uh-huh. once upon a time which bleeded color and then became a fashion statement uh, okay now we don't want to see an india of today uh-huh. which gets respect out of that failure yeah we want to create today our name for products which uh, really are environment friendly we want to create a name for very high fashion products we want to create a name for the artistic value that our artisans bring to the table that our tailors that our designers bring to the table i mean i i meet all the nift graduates the national institute mm. of fashion technology it's a delight to see some yeah. of their work mm. i engage with some of the fashion designers whom i'm trying to encourage to play a little more active role in the training of these budding uh, okay. fashion uh, technologists and they are supporting me in that mm-hmm. uh, it's it's wonderful to see that the uh, a former dean of harvard business school chooses to do his wedding in udaipur in india chooses to bring the world's top business leaders and uh, professors coming to india for his daughter's wedding it's wonderful to see them come to india and shop the mm-hmm. lehengas and the sarees not only for themselves but they have uh, tailors who are taking the measurement and getting uh, clothes for all the guests now this this makes you so proud yeah. this is showcasing india this is going to be the ambassadorial yeah. effort of our own indians our foreign uh, residents also 
non-resident Indians who come to India and take back a little bit of India for the rest of the world. When uh, the Prime Minister recently gave that green diamond uh, to Jill Biden uh, as uh, as a gift from India, I had so many people calling me, Abhi, ye kya cheez hai? what is green diamond? Is it green in color? But it doesn't look green in the photograph. <laughs> so there was a little bit of confusion and I was like, what is the PM doing? Because he's from Gujarat. The Surat diamond industry is there. Why would he give a diamond which is a fake diamond. Then Darshana ji tweeted that this has been cut and done everything on the, in the, that whole process is from the Surat diamond, cutting edge technology used in doing that. And then I understood that. But uh, what happens when uh, the the word will get along, oh, this is what the BJP government is doing, fake diamonds ko beech rahe hain bahar. No, I think uh, you need to understand what a diamond is first. Hmm. As they say, diamonds are forever. Where does that come from? Mm. The diamond actually is created from carbon, mm. carbon deposits. So diamonds are not uh, something which are just floating around or come out of the uh, ground. These are uh, products which are developed over uh, thousands of years sometimes from a very small uh, piece of carbon and further carbon deposits keep adding on that. And a diamond is created. And then that is mined. That's cut and polished. And that's the diamond all of you have been wearing for all these years. Yeah. Lab-grown diamonds are the same thing. Hmm. Instead of being uh, grown in the womb of the earth, they are being produced in a laboratory. These are lab-grown diamonds as they yeah. call them. LGDs. Hmm. The same concept. You take a small seed which is put under a machine and... Heat. And a lot of heat and carbon is deposited on that due to which it keeps growing and it creates the same effect of what is happening under the ground. You're doing it in the laboratory. So the, it's not a fake diamond. It's mm. not even an artificial diamond. Mm. It's truly recreating a diamond. Mm. Instead of from the Mother Earth, it's being created in a laboratory. Mm. The amount of carbon that is used, the, its effect on sustainability or its effect on the environment is significantly lower than the di na natural diamonds. So that they're are ecologically mild. friendly. So they're ecologically which you were talking friendly. About. We use renewable energy. Solar. Solar and wind, hmm. uh, largely, hmm. to produce that those diamonds. Uh, going forward, the idea is to have completely green diamonds, fully sustainable, only green energy going in to hmm. produce these diamonds. And today India has a great uh, edge uh, against the rest of the world in the larger size lab-grown diamonds where mm. we almost produce most of it around mm. the world and look at the advantage not only are we now making our own diamonds which were earlier imported mm. from various countries uh, around the world now we can make our own diamonds and, and the cutting and polishing jobs continue to remain yeah so it's and also look at the other aspect in gradually this will democratize the ownership and the joy of owning a diamond. I think yes. it'll add value. Yeah. It'll add a lot of uh, people into the diamond-owning ecosystem. Yes, true. It's If you remember, since your textiles, it's what happened was that, uh, do you remember when uh, when the weaving industry was facing, in fact, one of the earliest programs that I worked for was something called Wither Textiles, which we produced in 1991, uh, when, the, uh, when Handloom 
and power loom and when power loom came and those sarees were being produced on the power loom it was like those who had hand looms said ab to sab log pehne lag jayenge silks it's going to be so cheap and so what you know those kanjivaram sarees or those sarees which only the rich could afford everybody could thanks to the power loom that came in yes and no i think it's uh, truly revolutionary that everybody got an opportunity to have yeah. patolas and kanjivarams yeah. but at the same time discerning consumers or customers no. continue to patronize the original yeah. hand woven uh, products yeah. our handicraft and our handloom sector is flourishing there are large export there is actually a waiting list in some places for a good patani or a good patola right. patan patola it's quite amazing how uh, it's all started but anyway let me get from fashion back to uh, back to the meat and core we were talking about the manufacturing sector so lots of people say that you know these industrial complexes which are there in the cities or in the outskirts of the cities the infrastructure is so poor uh, like even let me just say gurgaon if we see just not far from here the roads the approach the there are you know the the sanitation there's just nothing available or we see the bandra kurla complex why don't we see that sh- shiny new buildings but the approach will be terrible so when people come from abroad and they say ki itna shiny building hai par wo jo road pe phas jate ho wo infrastructure kyun nahi hai why don't these things city planning and all go hand in hand with our manufacturing and our industrial sector Smita ji, I think uh, while ANI has a very wide span across the country, I don't think you have moved out of Delhi quite a bit. Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm assuming so because I just told you Bandra Kurla, Bandra Kurla, Bandra complex. Kurla complex. I went there only last week to see the Sound of Music uh-huh. Achha, with okay. my family and uh-huh. some friends. It was. A pleasure to drive to Bandra Kula Complex. We glided into Bandra Kula. You must have gone at two a.m., sir. Ma'am, it's a evening show. Okay. I went right in the middle of the evening. Huh. We now have uh, the Bandra ceiling, okay. on which uh, after we crossed Haji Ali, we were quickly onto Bandra ceiling. When we came out near the ONGC Chowk. We now have another additional bridge that has come you up. You did not have a red batti car. Tell me now, did you have a red no, batti car? No, Bombay. I used my own Mumbai. I used my own car. You don't have. I don't even use the government car. Okay. So and and even in Delhi, for that matter, I use my own okay. personal car. Really, I'll you don't here, have a red red batti wali car. Absolutely no red batti. Nobody putting the. My car is standing right outside. Get somebody to check it out. It's my personal okay. vehicle. I bought That's from wonderful. my own. That's uh, wonderful. It's a hybrid. It's environmentally uh, huh. friendly, and uh, you used to have vehicle. an ambassador car also at one point of time. I still well, remember. Used to have ambassador for many many years. Yeah. Then the Fiats, then the one one eight Nies. Yeah. Then do you remember the Contessa, which yes. came out from the ambassador's True. table? I've seen you in at least three Maruti, types of cars. Yeah, yes. Then the different versions of both. Yeah. all types of cars yeah but right now i'm on uh, hybrid cars hybrid car excellent since ever since 2015 actually uh-huh. 15 and i 16. had nitin gadkari ji in the show and he also came in a hybrid car so i'm very happy that you've done this We amazing all, i think uh, prime minister modi himself hmm. is very conscious that uh, we all need to be messengers okay. of the future So let's and, come back to the infrastructure thing. Yeah, so I think if Cities. you go to Bandra Kurla complex now, you have you go straight from the highway onto a flyover which come takes you out at uh, in the middle of Bandra Kurla complex at ICICI or there. Monsoons, there's water in the high highways. See, I come from Mumbai. I've lived there all my life from uh, yeah. for the last uh, six decades, 
and uh, this is not something that's happening today hmm. mumbai has three or four spurts of rain in every season and in during those three or four spurts the if that at the time of high rain the high tide is also there the combination of that hmm. is uh, lethal you can't do anything about it hmm. uh, whatever uh, one young uh, person may suddenly say uh, and blame the mumbai corporation which i think is very uh, ridiculous because that party his party used to run the mumbai municipal corporation for decades uh, the fact of the matter is in the high tide mumbai has several low lying areas yeah the evacuation of water becomes impossible because mm. if you are evacuating water it has to have an outlet somewhere mm. and the mitti river which is coming in the, the arabian sea all are on high tide yeah the evacuation of water just doesn't have an outlet so it's uh, something which will need to have a more technological solution something which will have to be assessed and maybe we'll have to spend billions of dollars to find an outlet on some other part of the uh, yeah landmass which uh, is not easy given the high volume of water the size of mumbai and the fact that we are an island city all three sides we have water Yeah, but you know, sir, isn't it? क्या होता है that there are many people like what you said that this has always happened and it's a it's a it's an endemic problem because of the way the city is, the the you know the formation of the city. But then the expectation from your party is always that कि ये नहीं करेंगे तो और कौन करेंगे? You get Very that? Very true, and which is why you'll see the amount of infrastructure that's coming up. Look at the number of metro lines that have come up all yeah. across the country, particularly hmm. in Mumbai. Come and have a look at the coastal road. Hmm. it's a marvel it's a engineering delight there used to be talk of a trans harbor link connecting mumbai the island city to the mm. mainland we have been hearing about the trans harbor link right for at least 30 years connecting the indian uh, mumbai island city to the mainland and this has transformational impact on the future of mumbai and will open up the mainland Mm. for expansion and growth something which mumbai is starved of being an island right. city it took prime minister narendra modi's government to come in it mm. took devendra fadnavis our then honorable chief minister to take bold decisions and voila today it's a reality yeah it's nearly complete and in the next few months will be inaugurated i hope at the hands of the honorable prime minister right it it's going to completely revolutionize mm. the mumbai story the mumbai growth story so look at the coastal road connecting us to the through a tunnel to marine drive you go to the eastern side from nariman point and from there get on to the trans harbor link so effectively hmm. a journey from let's say juhu or andheri to pune which at one point of time would take 5 or 6 hours when nitin gadkari was the pwd minister he brought the mumbai pune expressway which cut it down significantly but still had the problem of access on both sides the mumbai to panvel stretch and there the pimpri to pune stretch but now with pm gatishakti in play a novel initiative of prime minister modi we are looking at end to end connectivity in whatever project we do so now we will be able to let's say from andheri go up to pune in under one and a half hours or two hours okay that is going to be the transformation of india right. i don't know if you've been to the delhi mumbai expressway at all yes i have 
My God, I went yes. to Alwar the other Quite day in two hours. Yes. Something which would take four or five I've hours. I've done it till Jaipur and it was fabulous. Yes. And Jaipur, the last stretch is still not done. Yeah, it's not done. Then the Delhi Gurgaon stretch is still not completed. It takes three hours from uh, Jaipur to Gurgaon and then three hours from Gurgaon to no, India uh, Gate. Pardon me, I've also done that. It's not three it hours on the horrible. last stretch. But the having last... said that, that is also being expanded. Yeah. And the idea is that you'll do Jaipur in about two, two and a half hours. Mm. You'll do Mumbai from Delhi in under 12 hours, possibly even 10. And now let me give you the dimension, the deep thinking that Prime Minister Modi brings to the table. Though you roads don't come under you, but road sports industry. Unless you have those two, your, your mantrale can't function either. So that's why I am coming to you. Because in case my viewers say, why are you putting on the mat But no, that's the reason I'm asking you. No, Smita ji, bear in mind that it's everybody's effort. Everybody's. Everybody's pitching in to yeah. get outcomes. True. And f frankly, it's not two or three ministries. It's all yeah. of us collectively. Okay. Hmm. The whole of the government which is uh, impacting the India story. Yeah. I mean, uh, Dr. Jay Shankar, who was on your show earlier, with his remarkable work under PM's uh, guidance on our international engagement, mm. is truly phenomenal. Mm. Without that, I couldn't have done this kind of exports. Your so it's, a, it's yeah. a collective effort of everybody. If Purushottam Rupalaji's animal husbandry department hadn't given enough support, I couldn't have grown in export of fishery, uh, fishing, fish products or uh, meat and other products True. to such great extent. If uh, agriculture hadn't done such wonderful work, we couldn't have got such massive agricultural exports from India. Hmm. Our Anadatas wouldn't have made us self-sufficient. We would have still been an import-dependent uh, economy uh, on food grains. So I think uh, everybody's collectively pitching in. Our tourism minister, our railway minister, our culture minister, uh, you name the department, skill development, education. Yeah. There's not a single element of government which cannot collectively have transformational impact on society. Since you mentioned uh, external affairs, uh, let me ask, get to the dragon in the room, elephant in the room, China. Um, the trade deficit has cost, uh, crossed over $100 billion. Imports uh, from China have declined, but it's still at 22%. Uh, so for most people, it's a little confusing. Uh, is China a competitor? Is it a rival? Is it an enemy? What is it? Well, we are all working on a World Trade Organization uh, open government, open trading systems order. Hmm. And goods and services are coming in from all over the world. Very often, uh, we are told you should not look back uh, to what happened 10 years ago. You've been in government nine years and all. But I would like to point out to you that those who do not uh, listen to the lessons or learn from the lessons of history do so at their own peril. And look back at our history. Mm. Way back in 2004, when Mr. Vajpayee was the Prime Minister, India's trade deficit with China was just about a billion or billion and a half mm. dollars. From that, in 10 years, under the UPA government, it grew 3,300%. 33 X, 33 times the trade deficit grew. Now, the UP, I don't know what agreements the Shahzada did with the Communist Party of China. I don't know why they killed our domestic manufacturing in so many sectors. Uh, they killed the watch sector, they killed all consumer products, but encouraged more and more free exports from China to come in. In fact, they even kept reducing import duties 
which became a great opportunity for China to wedge their way into the Indian market, very often with substandard products, very often at large-scale manufacturing that they do in China, they could beat Indian manufacturers hollow, and they did predatory pricing. Imagine now, nine years later, we've been, despite the economy growing so significantly, mm. after all, ultimately, the demand for goods and services will grow with the size of the economy. Mm. This, the fact that our Indian consumers want services or want goods, they will look for uh, opportunity whenever they can from India, and wherever India cannot feed their requirement, they will look for opportunities from outside the country. So China has benefited from that. So much so that there were areas which we should have focused on many years ago, hmm. which was not done in previous governments. Prime Minister Modi in the last few years has been focused on making India a stronger player, particularly look at the PLI schemes, production-linked incentive schemes. We are looking at sectorally where we need to expand Indian manufacturing. And replace China? Scale. It's not about replacing China. It's more about uh, ensuring resilient uh, supply chains wherever possible, becoming uh, dependent only on India or ensuring self-sufficiency so that the lessons we learned from COVID, again, lessons from history, are not repeated in the future that we are starved of uh, goods which we don't have sufficient supplies of in India. So, uh, tell me, sometimes it's confusing for people. Is it Vasudeva Kutumbakam? Is it makes India self-reliant? Where do they, uh, do they come into conflict at all? Do we see... Vasudev Kutumbakam only to help and to push our products or do we see that interdependency? And what about Vishwaguru? I want to come to that too. Because you had said that we, we think like a Vishwaguru, we are already thinking like a developed nation. So is that, is that, isn't it presumptions for, presumptuous for a developing nation to already say that we are Vishwaguru? Smitaji, all three coexist. Vasudev Kutumbam, Kutumbakam is at the core of our philosophy. Hmm. The world is one family. We believe that we have to be respectful of the rest of humanity and the rest of the world. We believe in friendly relations. India has never had an expansionist approach. Right. India has always been friendly with everybody. We always try to find solutions through dialogue, diplomacy. We've hmm. never gone to war as an aggressor. Hmm. In that spirit, Atmanirbhar Bharat or being vocal for local is also about a certain amount of confidence in our own manufacturing, our own skills, our own ability to meet the needs of Indians because that is where we give jobs to our young boys and girls. That is where Indian opportunities of investment, trade, all of those come in. But when we talk of self-reliance, we are not closing India's doors to international engagement. Mm. If you at all ask me, I think we are opening them wider. Okay. I believe in the Michael Porter theory that every country or every economy will have certain strengths. The competitive or comparative advantage that different countries or different economies bring to the table will determine who will rule the roost in different products. Of course, there'll be certain strategic sectors mm. where you may not be the most competitive, mm. but you will still want to be self-reliant. Though that's more a strategic call you take. Okay. But otherwise, we have to encourage Indian domestic manufacturing. We must try and create high-quality goods at scale hmm. so that we are not overtly dependent on the rest of the world. But at the same time, the consumer demands affordability, the consumer demands good products at the best price. And if there is an area where it's better to import, 
where economies of scale within India don't justify it, or where somebody has a technologically higher competitive edge, then we'll have to bring those goods from abroad. And that is the spirit which has helped countries become developed nations. No country in the world has become a developed nation without A, first having the mindset mm. that we want to be a developed nation, mm. which Prime Minister Modi has, in right. his Independence Day address, tried to inculcate in 140 crore Indians. Right. And that mindset, that mindset of quality, that mindset that I am, I have the potential to become a Vishwaguru. That mindset is the first requirement. The second is capabilities. And we have managerial skills. We have our young boys and girls coming up with huge amount of talent. So we have that requisite also. We have a large number of natural resources where, which, where we, which can make us self-sufficient. But then there are certain areas where we've not yet got the technological edge and we'll continue to import. Right. So if today somebody says that, no, why, why are we importing aircrafts? That'll be quite uh, silly. Hmm. Because we don't make in aircrafts in India of the commercial size and scale and quality that are made in France or in America. So orders are being placed on them. So right. different countries will have, a, will have a competitive edge or a quality edge or a technological edge, which we should leverage. Free trade agreements or economic partnerships are about having open uh, economies, are about competing fairly and about giving opportunities to both uh, the Indian businesses or Indian people and people in the other parts of the world to compete for the consumer to get the best product at the best price. Right. You know, let me make it a move, shift a little political, but still uh, with your portfolios. On the one hand, there is the uh, Make in India, there is the Vishwaguru and you come, you are a part of the, there was also the India shining bit of your political party. On the other hand, what we are seeing now is um, is the Congress party saying that here is this party which is pompous by nature, which talks about conquering the world, which talks about being so big, but where a large part of the country doesn't have the basics. So the whole thing about giving freebies comes in, which uh, the Prime Minister said, Ravdi culture, your party colleagues have said it, you have said it, that freebies is not the solution to it. But politically, it's having a negative effect. Will, now that these four elections are coming in, will your party also go in for Avdi's distributing freebies? You know, yesterday I was engaging with uh, ex-servicemen of a very high level, generals, major generals, commanders and stuff like that. Uh, in Jaipur, as a part of my, our outreach to uh, engage with stakeholders, with the people of India, about completing mm. nine years in government mm. and thanking the people of India mm. for giving Prime Minister Narendra Modi and his team and our party an opportunity to serve them two consecutive terms with an absolute majority so we could give a strong, decisive, outcome-oriented government. One of the, very interestingly, one of the very senior retired uh, armed forces personnel uh, in his comments, made this comment that just because Ashok Gehloth is offering a, a cylinder, a gas cylinder at 500 rupees or some people are offering mm. these freebies, please don't go down that path. He was advising me. He said it will be counterproductive. The people of India are smart. They understand what's good for them. They don't want to be a Sri Lanka or a Pakistan. 
they don't want to be a bandara republic they don't want to be like one of those 70 odd countries which are today facing stress they recognize that prime minister modi has made india from a fragile five economy 10 years ago to the world's fifth largest economy mm. and very soon to be amongst the top 3 countries top 3 economies in the world maybe in the next 4 or 5 years he asked me to ensure that we stay our path and keep empowering the people of india keep empowering them so that their basic needs are taken care of mm. and build an aspirational india which aspires for the good things of life which spurs our young population to work even harder earn money and get the good things of life for them and their families and that's exactly what the prime minister has been focused on you talked about india shining prime minister vajpayee only got a very short period and bear in mind he was also running a coalition government mm. so there were limitations to his ability to maneuver economic policy or to maneuver uh, the mindset of the nation mm. to empower people and to move in the direction that we have been able to do prime minister narendra modi and we are grateful to the people of india and through you i would like to truly express the gratitude of all of us in the bjp 240 crore indians for the trust and confidence they have reposed in us for the blessings they have given to the bharatiya janata party uh, again and again particularly the absolute majority because because of which we could actually bring about a transformational change in the lives of our people after all tell me could you give me any justification that for nearly 7 decades after independence we had half our country's population who didn't have a toilet and had to go to the fields when you can you explain to me that 8 or 9 crore children 3 and 1/2 crore families did not have electricity in their home mm. and for years nobody did anything about it yeah how can you justify that water mm. and most doctors tell us that that's the biggest cause of disease only 3 crore families in the country had water from a tap nal se jal yeah till 2014 yeah. and in a short period we've increased it to 12 crore another 2 and a half years from now every home in the country will have water from their tap now nal se jal the jal jeevan mission has got has a transformational impact Absolutely. potential on the health and the lives of our people which many don't realize what it means some of us lead uh, such insulated lives we don't realize that unless water comes you know i'll tell you one uh, anecdotal uh, experience i had gone to cover the election in one place and i said yahan se to nahi jeet sakte bjp is not going to because they traditionally they have voted for the congress matlab for generations they voted so there's a muscle memory kind of a thing you know when they go to vote they will automatically vote but it was later that i realized that no they are voting for the bjp and simply because of the gas connection that came in and something that we take for granted what bothers us in the cities that you had a waiting list for a gas cylinder maybe uh, that you had to buy it in black but it was available but for those people for them to get a gas connection and to get gas in the house and the youth was voting so i was like why would a young man vote उसको तो क्या फर्क पड़ता है कि गैस है कि नहीं घर में पानी आया कि नहीं बिकॉज इट्स द वुमन हु डज इट स्मिता जी मैं एक करेक्ट इट मैटर्स एक छोटा सा करेक्ट कर दूँ शॉर्टेज भी रहती थी सिलेंडर्स के hmm. अगर आप याद करो या yeah. तो आप 
या मेरे घर में हम दो सिलेंडर रखा करते थे कि एक खत्म होगा दूसरे को भरोसा नहीं है क्योंकि रजिस्टर करना पड़ता था लाइन में कब आएगा वो तो दूसरा सिलेंडर यूज करते अब ऐसे समृद्ध परिवारों को तो ये सुविधा मिलेगी गरीबों की किसने चिंता की थी आज तक तो मैं सोचती कि वाई वुड अंग चैप बिकॉज यू नो इट वॉज द रिस्पॉन्सिबिलिटी ऑफ द वुमन की वो शी वुड गेट द फायर वुड एंड आपको पैडमैन पिक्चर याद है पैडमैन में मुर्गन की स्टोरी एक तरीके से तमिलनाडु के युवा की पैडमैन में आदमी को पीड़ा थी कि मेरी पत्नी को सैनिटरी पैड नहीं मिल पा रहा प्रधानमंत्री नरेंद्र मोदी जी कमिंग फ्रॉम अ वेरी humble background and very yeah. conscious of his responsibilities to the poor of this country the less privileged the marginalized sections the persons who have been discriminated for so many years has brought sanitary pads in the country available at 1 rupee each yeah. without a government subsidy mm. they are being sold at the janoshadi stores yeah so that a poor lady can get for 100 rupees in a whole year yeah. security from this uh, the diseases need. that come with uh, exactly. with not having that i yeah. think the men also recognize yeah, that because, how indignified yeah. it was for somebody to for go the, to the fields for toilet yeah big and you know the thing is that they one or two whom i spoke to they said their grandmothers died because of cancer right. because of the chula you know the the thing and then uh, the sarpanch told me that there were girls who were raped when they went to oh, the yeah. you know to the forest rajasthan mein dekhiye aaj ke din kitni problems hai there's no so that labharti people people don't realize that how these small things benefit anyway let me get back to let what you were saying so uh, experience i had only 10 uh, days back because it has touched a chord in my life and in my heart and mind both i'd gone to alwar hmm. and, rajasthan uh, yes met the local people there i tell you when you go to the rural areas you meet the villagers you meet the farmers they share their own experiences they tell you how important how impactful hmm. that 2000 rupees coming into their bank account yeah without paying a bribe every f- four months so that they get 6000 a year can be when they really need that little bit of money to buy seeds and hmm. uh, sow their fields Uh, how how critical that money can be when they really need to maybe hire a tractor to harvest their field hmm. now small things like this is what has built the trust that the common man in india has for prime minister modi right today you go to the, any part of the country the basic needs are taken care of mm-hmm. you know everybody 4 crore homes imagine 4 yeah. crore homes being built particularly in the rural areas more so just in rajasthan alone will you believe 19 lakh poor families have got a free home only in rajasthan alone mm. now 19 lakh is almost a crore of people that's uh, one eighth the population of rajasthan mm-hmm. one tenth the population of rajasthan yeah they've got a home a new life wo parivar lakpati ban gaye transformational I went to a village uh, gram panchayat called Kathwadi. Hmm. It's uh, about an hour's drive from Jaipur, hour and a half's drive from Jaipur. It's an Adivasi area, and uh, I was 
walking around the village and i went to a adivasi home she had the lady met me there with her children and then her husband also came after some time the lady is a worker in some projects mazduri karti hai her husband is a divyang physically challenged person she had eight girls the eldest of whom had done an emet because of the scholarship that the government sends into her bank account directly or the facilities that they receive she had a new pradhan mantri awas yojana home she said i asked her repeatedly did you have to do anything did you have to put it some influence did you have to pay anybody anything she said no the local panchayat and she pointed out to the sarpanch is a very nice man he identified he identified they had 144 families in only one gram panchayat 144 and adivasi families who received a free home the lady i met took me to her home made me sit on her bed there were two rooms there was a toilet so she, and she told me aiye aiye andar aiye so i started taking off my shoes and nahi aap la sakte i said nahi main nikalunga took off my shoes went in there was a gas cylinder aur gas pe chai ban rahi thi aur smita ji i can't tell you it's probably the most tasty most <laughs> delicious chai i've had in my life okay i can imagine just pyar se us uski beti ne mujhe kullad mein wo chai pilai very moving experience huh? there was a toilet adjacent to the home they do they make it a little away you know it's a traditional hmm. indian thing and actually quite hygienic okay there was a toilet there My toilet goodness. ke bahar you're tearing up while you're speaking about <laughs> the it toilet ke bahar wash basin that it was just a beautiful experience yeah. and there was a tin shed right outside they showed me ki hum pehle wahan rehte the i tell you 11 logon ka parivar aat ladkiyan ek ladka pati patni 11 log उस टेंट में खड़े भी हो तो एक साथ नहीं खड़े हो सकते यू फील एट दैट टाइम दैट दिस इज द रियल मतलब ऑफ योर वर्क इट्स द रियल मीनिंग यू फील दैट इट्स इट्स इनफ इट्स द सेटिस्फैक्शन दैट यू गेट इट्स द ट्रस्ट एंड अफेक्शन एंड लव दैट यू गेट फ्रॉम ऑल ऑफ देम एंड यू एंगेज विद देम मोस्ट most important thing in life you've been uh, you've been a vc so you know balance sheet ek taraf hota hai satisfaction dene ka aur dusri taraf ye hai chai peene ka in a tribal home which has like seen nothing how will you compare the two <laughs> this far 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 exceeds anything you can do in the corporate world in fact today i am finding a lot of people who've done reasonably well in life they want to come give back to society uh, i have a friend in mumbai also from with a similar background like me from the private equity or investing world who's dedicated nearly 90% of his income committed it mm. to and he's not a very rich man he's not a tata birla or any of that mm. uh, middle class like any of us who has uh, committed 90% of his income happily both he his wife his daughter are in it together husband and wife spend all their time in working on different projects they are working with the maharashtra government uh, in desilting of the of the ponds and lakes oh, okay. so that uh, the farmers uh, get better water more water Amazing. the ground water improves he's doing that in uh, jharkhand he's done that in uttar pradesh He's just committed his whole life, Transfer. and I am seeing so many more people. I have a 
very distinguished Supreme Court lawyer, Mr. Lakshmi Kumaran. On one of the VCs during COVID, I made an appeal that I said, look, all of you on this VC have done so well in life. Why don't some of you also give back to the nation? Why don't you leave it to your children or leave it to your firms to run and you start uh, offering your services to the government? And lo and behold, instead of my pursuing him, he this was eminent the... lawyer, he started pursuing me. मुझे दो हफ्ते लग गए टाइम कैलेंडर में मैच करने के लिए फाइनली घर पे बुला के मैंने उनसे बात की हिज एंथम वॉज जस्ट रिमार्केबल एंड टूडे विदाउट चार्जिंग अ सिंगल रूपी ही इज विद विद इन एवरी एफ टी ए नेगोशिएशन ही इज गिविंग डिफरेंट परस्पेक्टिव दैन द टिपिकल गवर्नमेंट थिंकिंग ही इज एंगेजिंग विद मी वेन आई एम एंगेजिंग विद स्टेक होल्डर्स ऑलमोस्ट लाइक अ गवर्नमेंट एम्प्लॉई प्रोबोनो and has become an integral part of our wto negotiations we've recently honorable prime minister narendra modi and president joe biden have uh, agreed to square off six wto disputes during this historic state visit yeah now this is the first time it's happened in the world mm. people are awestruck they are amazed that the us and india traditional litigants at wto some cases are decades old have managed to sort out six cases hmm. at one shot mutual understanding and mutual uh, benefit of both countries right. which will give us a greater uh, ability to export products articles made of steel or aluminium without any significant or actually no loss huh. because against that all we had to do was remove some additional duties which are not uh, hurting any farmer in india in any case okay. so we already had a duty to protect the farmers huh. we had imposed some additional duties because they had imposed duties on our steel and aluminium so we both mutually agreed we'll remove the additional duty on to uh, find a common purpose right and you remove you give hmm. us exclusion from your additional duties hmm. for our steel and aluminium hmm. we have equally both benefited and for both of us the cost is zero okay we, that's the that's the spirit what what prime minister modi often says that dialogue and diplomacy are the solutions for all the problems of the world okay. and he is actually implemented it in this in visit, this visit. Okay. six trade disputes it's created a furor i have a message on my phone from ngozi the director general of world trade organization she's actually shocked she wants to discuss with me ask time for a vc she said i want to understand how you achieve yeah, this yeah the mechanisms of it would be you know something like a prototype then she says you know the wto appeal mechanism is kind of collapsed and so all disputes are stuck so she says we are hoping hmm. that this us india resolution of six very important disputes bilaterally can help us set a template hmm. to find an alternate dispute mechanism in the wto amazing so you, india today huh. is showing the world how to the do the way forward so now let's come back uh, come to a little bit of the political uh, stuff you know you, before i get into your role as leader of the house in the rajya sabha let me ask this one question you know um you were mentioning vajpayee ji you're one of those rare uh, bjp politicians who have seen the vajpayee um advani era and as a child you see it even before that and then you uh, came in into active politics i would say during the vajpayee advani era and now you are in the modi era how do you see that transition what is it like to be part of the team uh, as a child uh, you know your mother was also uh, in active politics in the legislature tell me a little bit about that you know first let me correct 
one very basic important issue i did not come into active politics during the vajpayee advani era on the contrary during that period i was absolutely out i taken a sabbatical mm mm-hmm. so i got involved uh, way back in the 80s when i was still in my teens really doing work of sticking posters at night or supervising banners being set up or organizing the chairs in a public meeting and you know all that you run around like a mouse uh, helping the organizers and stuff like that and ek karyakarta ki bhumika mein bachpan se hi hamare yahan pe kaam karne ka mujhe saubhagya mila i was then fortunate in 89 to get a chance to work for advani ji in new delhi hmm. when he fought his first lok sabha election hmm. or his first election actually and it was a enjoyable very very game changing experience he actually hand picked me from mumbai and said piyush aake yahan pe kaam karo i stayed with him in his home for four or five months so i've had the privilege and fortune of learning all through my childhood but uh, then i started uh, expanding my uh, business and industry got more and more involved in that then got into investment banking so during that period i had taken a short sabbatical also particularly during the vajpayee government years i would often on give ideas i would come up with some thoughts or ideas which uh, always uh, play up in my mind on infrastructure or on at that time even the scz story i yeah, built I mean, up a note and though you were saying you were not it. part of it and you were sabbatical if i may just interject out here the first time that i saw you and uh, advani ji uh, told me he's a bright spark that's what he had said <laughs> because yes that was uh, i swear to god it happened when i didn't know who you were and uh, i was sitting with him and taking down notes and then you came inside and uh, you spoke with him something and then you left and i said kon uh, the because i thought you were part of the rss uh, when you came inside and but you were not dressed like the other no, rss no, i am very people. much a part of rss Let yeah but i didn't know record. i didn't know who you were so at that time he said he's a bright spark he's part of you know somebody that i know and then he just didn't say anything and then of course at you know no, i got i might to have know. gone to his home uh, yeah. more like a family member right so because then he told up, me his children yeah. and i have grown up from childhood literally and he together. told me about your mother uh, and is like that. my sister yeah. jayant is my brother so we've grown up from childhood to, mm. so it's there's a lot of huge respect for him and mm. for vajpayee ji and all i might have been there either only as a part of family or i can tell you i could have been there possibly editing uh, my country my life the book, ah, the that book. he wrote yes so i was i used to sit uh, long hours at his home and mm. uh, proofread uh, the final version that was coming out so those are those are uh, personal uh, and you knew vajpayee ji also very well Vajpayee ji used to stay at my home ever since my childhood so probably even before i was born so i had the fortune of um, learning mm. from all of them what dedication to the nation is about what the nationalist spirit is all about the thinking of the rss and the ideology of the bhartiya jansangh So from that time, I was really uh, very lucky that I got my uh, an opportunity to learn and understand public life and public service from them. But at the same time, my parents were very clear that you have to a get good quality education, b earn your spurs, earn your money, mm. 
to be self sufficient and see in politics you're not going to get any special privileges because you're archered so when my mother's elections for example would come up and she was a member of maharashtra's legislative Legis assembly yeah. before that a corporator in bmc hmm. then mla for three terms she was an mla and she didn't lose she chose not to contest saying that now give younger people a chance hmm. she had crossed 63 64 and she said give younger people a chance and now i'll do social i'll continue to do social work for that matter she was never a politician she was <laughs> just a social worker in that area and uh, for her, every election i would work day and night in the in the constituency handling various things but uh, always as a karyakarta hmm. you're not allowed to throw your weight around none mm -hmm. of that the hierarchies were all set the people in charge were in charge and we would work like karyakartas my whole family would work for her you known maharashtra politics for so long because uh, you know you're a second generation politician from maharashtra why is it maharashtra politics is in such a total mess right now one of the reasons for that is that uh, politicians are seeking to thrust their children as uh, leaders many of whom may not really either be competent or not seen enough of life to be able to have that sensitivity that a good politician should have now look at the maharashtra landscape you have ncp where there's a fight within the family whether the daughter gets the becomes the heir heiress or a nephew they already had that fight once before in the family it's continuing you have the shiv sena which first had a fight in the second generation where uddhav thakre was suddenly chosen out of the blues whereas raj thakre was seemed to be the natural heir with all the flair and the oratorial skills inherited from uh, bal thakre ji but he chose the as they say blood is thinner than water he wanted his own son now we seeing that play out in the third generation because of which today he is out of the shiv sena totally because he chose against very senior leaders like eknath shinde ji he chose to give prominence to his own son so finally the shiv sena decided to go along with eknath shinde because he embodied the true spirit of balasaheb thakre and that's how uh, the shiv sena uh, had to reorient itself uh, if you look at the congress the entire party is full of family run dynasties and those family run dynasties don't come out of emerge out of struggle or hard work they are foisted hmm. i started let's say my first election if i remember correctly was javanti ben mehta's election for parliament in 1984 and until 2007 or 8 my mother retired in 2004 my father passed away in 2008 until that time i had worked in every national election or whatever as a karyakarta but i was holding a very small office probably as secretary or treasurer of bombay bjp that was where i had reached it was only after my mother retired and my father had passed away destiny brought me to delhi in 2010 a full 26 years after i first got into working for the party 
so this is a party which uh, totally believes in uh, merit which this is a party which by and large ensures that karyakarta ka samman ho karyakarta ko prathamikta mile he the preeminent position is of the worker remember atal bihari vajpayee ji saying ke hmm. positions may come and go nobody can take away my title of a bjp worker that is my strength mm-hmm. in a way was reflecting the fact that this is a cadre driven party and i'm so happy that my parents gave me good education my parents gave all of us all our children good education they made sure that we all stand on our own on our own feet as independent financially as we can be because of which we have all been able to give our children good education mm-hmm. all the siblings in the family Hmm. have been able to give good education to the next generation okay university so i think it's important that political families instead of treating their parties as fiefdoms or as their uh, as their right dynastic right should start respecting actual activists who can do good for the country so you were in at no point of time did you think that you're a shehzada which you mentioned I'm about i'm very very confident and i'm very clear that i have come up here uh, post as i say my father passing away my mother retiring from public life and total retirement mm. she's been absolutely in oblivion from 4 to 20 when she passed away for 16 years only a social worker she would run her old women's home small one new Mumbai, navi mumbai so you worked your way area. up that's the strength of the bjp of the bjp my next question is going to be about the delhi ordinance bill uh, before i ask you about this here's a short primer for viewers and listeners who do not know mr goel is the leader of the house in the rajya sabha where the bjp led nda has the support of 109 mps out of a strength of 238 the congress is the largest opposition party in the upper house with 31 members of parliament the bjp government in the center brought an ordinance on may 19th to curtail the powers of delhi's elected government that ordinance is going to be introduced soon in the upper house or the rajya sabha the aam aadmi party which is in power in delhi is lobbying hard to defeat the bill but that is going to be impossible without the support of the congress which is loath to support the aam aadmi party will the congress side with the bjp and aid it in passing the bill which is the bigger enemy for the congress the bjp or the aap that was the primer so let's ask the man in the hot seat uh, piyush ji what's going to happen with the delhi ordinance bill it will be passed in the parliament they don't have the numbers says who your your party doesn't have the numbers well what is good for the country will always have the numbers without the congress of or with course, the congress or without the congress also we have the numbers so it's it's going to pass in the rajya sabha you're 100% certain about that uh There was a time we have a small group of friends uh, back home in Mumbai. You know, my daughter's uh, class fellows' uh, mm. parents, and in some sense, they are my closest friends because they tell me the truth. They give me a lot of feedback when I get back there. We, I, I can, as they say, kill ke hasakta unke saath, and we still go Dutch. Okay, <laughs> all of us still go Dutch. Mm. So it looks quite funny. You know, you're in a fancy restaurant, all everybody starts looking at you. Uh, everybody taking, taking out, out their, their wallet or huh. taking out their cards and giving six cards to okay the guy to split it six ways and stuff like that But anyway in that uh, group one joke used to be that uh, 
whenever there was something my wife was very sure of, she would say 110%. Okay. So that's what I'll use today. 110%. 110%. Right. Um, but how do you how do you manage these different opinions? I'll tell you honestly, when I asked uh, Priyanka Chaturvedi was one of the earliest persons who came uh, uh, to the podcast. And I asked her and I said, you know, you're in the Rajya Sabha. Rajya Sabha was when we were children and when later when we used direct telecast was allowed of the speeches. This was a house of elders. You expected intellectual arguments. But Rajya Sabha has now become such an embarrassment. People jumping on tables, pulling each other, throwing things at each other. You don't expect a house of elders to do this. As leader of the house, tell me, how can you improve the level of discourse which comes out of the Rajya Sabha? No, it's truly a matter of deep concern that uh, we've not been able to really reflect the aspirations of the people of India. We've not been able to have mature debate and dialogue and discussion uh, in both houses of parliament today and mm. even most sadly in the upper house. Matter of reflection for all political parties. Prime Minister Narendra Modi himself is very concerned at the level of discourse that the Congress particularly and the other parties have brought to. The scenes that were made by some of the Ahmadmi Party members of parliament, the scenes that the Trinamool Congress MPs have done on the in the well of the house, on the floor of the house, are certainly a matters that uh, concerns the whole nation. But I believe ye janta hai jo sab samajhti hai, janti hai. And uh, the more they do this, the people of India who are watching, who are realizing how their aspirations, on the one hand, we have a leader who's working 24 by 7 to meet the aspirations of the common man. And on the other hand, we have a set of senior politicians, the House of Elders, where uh, disruption has become the order of the day rather than mature debate. And frivolous issues, issues which don't stand uh, on merit, issues which are not uh, on the agenda of the or listed agenda of the day, issues which are extraneous to the subject at hand are sought to be... Uh, foisted on the house and an approach of my way or the highway mm. is sought to be uh, articulated by many senior Congress and other opposition leaders. Matter of deep concerns and the entire nation is watching. I think the nation will give them a befitting reply on this. But you know the opposition turns around and they've been saying this for over a year, year and a half, that they're being muzzled in the house, that their voice is not heard at all, the mics are switched off, the TV cameras don't focus on them and there is no debate and it's not their fault, it's your fault because you <laughs> are the ones who are in the treasury well, benches. First of all, the, ca the mics cannot go off. The mics are determined by the chair, by the mm. speaker or the honourable chairman. And uh, no mic goes off for anybody but there's a time limit. And there's a relevance of the subject that is being discussed. It's an absolute uh, traversity of the truth to suggest that the mics are switched off for the opposition members. They're switched off for me also. They're switched off for a ruling party member if let's say we have a three-minute uh, mention to do. We are allowed three minutes, it automatically switches off. That's the only time it gets switched off. Hmm. Other than that, the, I think it's a very fairly run, very equitably run house. Uh, the chair uh, admonishes anybody who doesn't uh, behave properly, which is uh, rightfully so. The chair admonishes somebody who may not be giving an appropriate 
uh, answer or using appropriate language. Uh, again, they are mandated to do so. As far as uh, the cameras are concerned, uh, I think they should be thanking whoever is the cameraman. I don't know. We have no clue. That's an independent uh, organization. But the, I think the opposition should be thanking uh, that person for saving them the ignominy or the insult that the world will see in terms of their misbehavior and childish antics that we sometimes see are coming out of the opposition. But the world opinion, uh, when I say the world opinion, I'm, I mean the media and to some extent even politicians now in the world. You've seen what Barack Obama said uh, you know, when during the Prime Minister's visit, when the Prime Minister was in the US, he commented on it. And where do they get the narrative from? They get the narrative from the op-eds and from the reporting that happens in the foreign media and the reporting which is happening in certain sections of the Indian media that reporting is of what the opposition says is that uh, the parliament is muzzled, the the institutions have been misused, the media is muzzled. Uh, so what do you have to say to well, that? Uh, if you were muzzled, you wouldn't be asking me this question in the very first place. Mm -hmm. So I think the very fact that uh, this is a democracy, everybody has freedom of speech, everybody is out on the streets whenever they want to raise an objection or uh, you have dharnas at Jantar Mantar all the time. Our senior politicians are on television all the time, are on your uh, ANI programs. You said the first podcast you did was with an opposition leader. Correct. With now, how many more proofs does the world need hmm. or anybody in India need? Now, if some people are misguided or some people have some agendas, then I think uh, we need not bother about that. We can't hold a brief for those people. Uh, the Honourable Finance Minister gave a very befitting response to some people who may have been misguided, like they have been misguided in the past about other issues. So I think uh, India is a vibrant democracy. Common man sees that, common man experiences that, common man enjoys that freedom of speech and expression. And it's only yesterday mm. that the nation and the world has recounted the dark days of the emergency which was imposed on 25th June uh, 1975, where freedom of speech, freedom of liberty, freedom of expression, everything was curtailed. The laws of the land were suspended. The, government, the then government of the day gave themselves an extended year and a half. Kishore Kumar's songs couldn't be heard on Doordarshan or All India Radio just because he refused to come for some program that the Congress wanted him to come to. The then president of the Congress, Devkant Barua, saying India is Indra and Indra is India. Mm. Who muzzled media freedom and press of the people of uh, and the freedom of the people of India? Who muzzled the press? Who muzzled the voice, the dissenting voices? That is the very essence of democracy. Who did forced sterilization of our youth? And and actually, it's one of the worst things that could have happened to the youth. Who uh, disoused? Uh, people from the minority community at Jama Masjid. Sadly, many people don't learn from the lessons of history, which is where we started this podcast from. Right. History teaches us to be cautious, to be careful. And I think the behavior of the Congress and some of their colleagues and their party, other parties who are working with them, clearly demonstrates that 
uh, history and the people of India will never forget them. For In the period. war of narratives, do you feel that your party has not been able to uh, enforce your narrative or not enforce? Enforce is the wrong <laughs> word. Are, are. To to tell the people that, uh, that when you know when you are accused or your party is accused of having an undeclared emergency <laughs> as compared to a declared emergency. Do you feel that you couldn't Smith do enough? We have so much more work to do. So you much more action on the ground. Okay. We have to deliver the aspirations of the people of India. These false narratives or this know. effort to use a Gobelian theory of keep repeating a falsehood or to try and reflect that there's any uh, problem with the freedoms in India is not being bought by anybody. You yourself corrected yourself about enforcing. If you'd rather have, enforce, have the... I would have sent you a questioner that please ask me these questions. No, you know right. that, right? So, exactly. Yeah, Neither exactly. will you accept it, I nor will I do that sure. ever in my life. Never. Yeah. The BJP believes in complete freedom. Yeah. I think the only thing we request, and I'm repeating the request from all of you, and from all those who are opinion makers and important people in society, influencers, is to speak the truth. True. And the truth will always prevail. This we is believe what I in Mahatma Gandhi. Tell people, you know, that nobody understands. These are scripted interviews. Ki baat chalti. It doesn't happen. I wish people would understand <laughs> that. But anyway, uh, the other thing that we pointed out was that uh, that often is talked about is that uh, when the your party came to power, one of the things that you used to, or during election campaign, was always said, Congress mukt Bharat karenge. But nine years hence, they are winning election after election. They won in Himachal, they won. I'm not even going to list it. First of all, that democracy is vibrant in India. This also that the EVMs work all right. So, what is the need for that? The need for that is also the need for that. And we don't fight for that. हम तो हर एक चुनाव को पूरी सीरियसनेस से हर लेवल पे लड़ते हैं और उसकी वजह से देश की जनता ने हमें बहुत आशीर्वाद भी दिया है बहुत प्यार भी दिया है बहुत विश्वास भी रखा है दो बार पूर्ण बहुमत और पहली बार से अधिक बहुमत दूसरी बार और अब आने वाले चुनाव में उससे भी अधिक बहुमत देगी ऐसा हमारा विश्वास है लोगों के ऊपर और लोगों का विश्वास है प्रधानमंत्री नरेंद्र मोदी पर बट Elections, you don't win all. You win some, you lose some. There could be a variety of reasons. Congress Mukh Bharat is the mindset that the Congress had imposed in this country that we were seeking to remove from India. Obviously, in this country, we have probably over 2,000 parties. Mm. I'm given to understand. In this country, we have uh, parties which are uh, really, one shudders to think that they are even in the political firmament without naming any party. Uh, but they all coexist. We all work together. The fact of life is that when we talked about Congress Book Bharat, we had to get rid of the mindset that the Congress had foisted on this country. That without the Congress can't... Uh... A, that they have a divine right to rule. Hmm. B, that it's, it's one family which is the only family that matters. Did you, did you ever imagine that Nobody wishes to be the president of the Congress party, the grand old party, and nobody wants to take on the president's position because they understand it's a titular position. Everything will be decided by the family. Mm. And this kind of family-run politics is certainly not good for the country. The Did mindset of keeping the nation poor, mm. giving slogans and promises, but never implementing them. It is that old mindset, the, almost like a colonial mindset. 
that continued in India for so many decades after independence, which Mr. Modi has been successful in gradually getting out of the psyche of the common man. The colonial mindset or... Uh, I think, forget about the colonial mindset, seems like the socialist mindset is coming back if you see the meeting that happened in Patna. The socialist element, the, all the socialist parties, <coughs> uh, reminiscent of probably the 70s getting together in the JP movement and then post that when uh, the later part where you know you, you had all these Janta party members getting together, minus the BJP, when they were all getting together and forming governments. Well, I think enough uh, experience the country has of such coalition governments. Hmm. We've suffered deeply for the long period that the nation only saw coalition governments and the country has benefited immensely since Prime Minister Modi got an absolute majority and for the last nine years has been working with Seva, Sushashan and Garib Kalyan as his, as the very core philosophy of his government. And uh, you can see that in every walk of life. The element of service, the, the compassion and empathy with which he works. You can experience that giving back to the poorest of the poor is, the, is his primary motive. How to improve the lives of the poorest in this country. Until and of course, the fact that we brought good governance at the core of the nation's thinking. Mm. This is really the USP of this government. And any amount of such unholy alliances or such conglomeration. You remember Atilji's famous dialogue? Kahin se, kahin ki eet, kahin ka roda. Bhanumati ne kumba joda. This is uh, even worse than that. Because here there's absolutely no common ideology. There's no common philosophy. Mm. There couldn't be a common minimum program. Even post that meeting, they fought. They still continue to fight on television shows. And Kejriwalji wasn't there in the... So I think uh, the people of India certainly don't want a hodgepodge like this again. I get that. In fact, there's a lot of talk also. The BJP doesn't like losing elections. That's quite clear. You people have their chintan baithak and you sit and you strategize, you do all that. But you've been in power for nine years. After nine years, there's this sense of you almost look like the con Congress at times. I Pardon me for saying this. Where you say, Acha, hai, kuch haar koi baat nahi, kuch aur There's that sense you... We've never I had know that you sense. don't like we, being told this. We've never had I that sense. That. I only said that you... Do sometimes lose an election, but hmm. that doesn't mean we don't work equally Whereas hard. Whereas the Congress used to be the other way around. Har gaye, chalo, har gaye. No, no. But now look at them. Koi, after all, you Tripura. We had one percent vote share. We landed up forming the government twice with yeah. an absolute majority. West Bengal, we were nowhere in the picture. We have eighteen members of parliament. And we are now the principal Are you going to work just as hard in uh, Rajasthan, in uh, Madhya Pradesh, in Chhattisgarh, in Telangana, like you did in Tripura? Or is there going to be a lackadaisical attitude like in uh, Karnataka? We will be there. I mean, of course, right now we are doing a nine-year outreach program. But uh, we will be there like never before to win each of these states. And uh, that's the BJP commitment to the people because we believe the people of these states deserve better and we believe that the Bharatiya Janata Party will give good governance, will give a better future for the people of these states and we want to have an opportunity to serve these states, uh, uh, Madhya Pradesh once more, Rajasthan get back in after five years of a hiatus, Chhattisgarh get back in after five years of hiatus, rid the Telangana people 
of the massive corruption that uh, KCR and his party and his ministers have uh, foisted on that state and really give them good governance and a better future for the people of Telangana. I think we are very, very committed. We work equally hard as we do in every election. And to take an analogy, I don't think ANI likes to lose market share, do you? No, we don't. Are you looking at inviting your competition to come in and... So you tell me, are you are so you inviting exactly. the com competition like you did in uh, in Karnataka? Because that's the infighting in your uh, party in uh, Karnataka is something that is being reflected even in Madhya Pradesh. So There could be many reasons why we did not win in Karnataka. But I can assure you, we are a very, very responsive party. We get into detail and we also do course correction wherever and whenever called for. I can categorically state on the show today that each of these four elections is extremely important and the BJP is going to win all these four elections. You know, the opposition members, when you talk to them, they say, humko ye election kisi na kisi tarah jeetna hai kyunki agar bjp wapas aa jati hai 2024 mein fir to hum log sab khatam hai aur sirf hum log they don't mean that individual politicians they mean political parties will be finished yes, and sir. then if you argue they say are aap media wale bhi khatam ho jayenge judiciary khatam ho jayegi parliament khatam ho jayega doordarshan khatam ho jayega sab kuch khatam ho jayega bahut bhagya hai ki wo itne nihatte hain aur wo koi nayi baat nahi aapne to rajiv gandhi ji ko bhi suna tha बोलते थे मैं क्या करूं मैं सौ रुपए भेजता हूं पंद्रह रुपए गरीब तक पहुंचता है बाकी तो दलाल बिचौलिए हमारे भ्रष्टाचारी कांग्रेस वाले खा जाते हैं कांग्रेस वाले we fight an election because we want to deliver on all the good things that we believe they deserve for us a manifesto is something we want to implement and we monitor the implementation of manifesto at each ministerial level at each level from top to bottom for these parties they are struggling with their survival i was looking at the rajasthan manifesto of ashok gehlot 5 years 4 and 1/2 years ago he's not done any of what he had promised now towards the end of the period he's realizing he's on a sticky wicket trying to give a support to to the people mm. that also is not implementing is doing registration isko maa bolte hain panjikaran kar rahe ujwala beneficiaries list is all defined well known mm. we have been sending subsidy to them when they deserved it now he wants to give it it's welcome mm. we have no complaints i wish he would give more but i wish he would have started 3 months back when he promised what is this panjikaran and registration going on just a fobbing off tactic delayed wants to give it just close to the election and then forget about it knowing full well that he's going to lose that election they don't care about fiscal prudence they don't care that what we need to do is empower our people they are capable they are talented and they can do very well in their life what they need is opportunity they don't want to be made uh, doles Oh, uh, they don't. They don't want to be made so weak hmm. that they can't stand up for their own. What okay. Prime Minister is doing is wants every individual to stand up and be a part of this great growth story of the next twenty-five years. I've seen you campaigning uh, for other people. Several people I've seen. You go on the ground. You pump fists. You, you know, you cuddle babies and you do all that. I've seen you doing that, speaking with the youth. Where are you going to stand for election? Why not Lok Sabha? Well, we are all party workers, mm. 
and uh, the party chooses who does what. I have certain responsibilities which I am fulfilling. I still have five years to go on the Rajya Sabha term, but uh, therefore I don't see any uh, immediate uh, logic in that question. Hmm. The party, of course, is supreme in our system. The party leadership decides what each one's role is, and for the present, they have given me a particular role. Okay, finally, I want to ask you this one question, which. Uh, you know young i've seen young people coming and asking you whether they should join politics whether they should be in public service and how while they're holding a job they can they can contribute towards building the nation would you since you spent so many years in politics would you encourage people to join politics i would not only encourage them i would appeal to them and i i would be very grateful if you spread this word that there is a lot of goodness Inane amount of goodness in each one of us. The 140 crore Indians are good people per se. We just need to ignite that spark and get them involved in giving back to society in every small way. I mean, look at a small gesture like the Padma Awards. How Prime Minister Modi has been able to convert that into a medium to recognize the hidden talent and hidden good work that is happening in India so that we can encourage more people to go down that path. A person of limited means running a cycle ambulance in the back, in the you know interiors of India in smaller towns or villages, he deserves a Padma Award. Mm. I had the fortune to meet 11, 10 or 11 Padma Awardees yesterday in Jaipur. Each one of them was a nugget. I met uh, a tribal lady Coming from the nomadic tribes, mm. coming from a family of nomads, uh, Gulabo, Gulaboji, she recounted her whole story to the extent for historical and traditional unfortunate reasons, the society around her, the, the panchayat or the whole uh, tribe was not encouraging girl children. And she herself had been buried into the, into the ground Okay. while she was alive and five hours later her mother and mother's sister chupke in the dark darkness of night they went and they they just gone to see the child's face once but when they dug her up they found she had some pulse and some some heart and they uh, saved her and then the village ostracized the family threw the father out, but the father was Why? so committed. That for saving the child? Some, yeah, for saving the child from for traditional historical reasons. That is all what the Congress never tried to address, okay. which Prime Minister Modi is trying to address. All these unfortunate past traditions which need to be done away with. Mm. We need to be more progressive in terms of social reform also. Mm. And she was then brought up by her parents. Today, she has a huge social media presence. Today, she's recognized, she's an internationally acclaimed dancer. Mm. They used to have a dance form where they used to uh, play and the snake used to dance. Haan, sapera, so sa she has or something. Sapera. Haan, sap so she has made Sapera as a dance form okay. on which she dances and she's become well-known worldwide. Okay. She has a school where she teaches others this new dance form. Okay. She's helping girl children get educated. She's educated her own child and made her a very responsible uh, citizen and our yeah. global citizen.
and she got a Padma Award. She, I asked her, did you apply for it? She said, no, no, I, I got a shock of my life when I got the call. And most people there whom I met, there was uh, two gentlemen who are uh, from the music world, Hussein, two persons from the minority community. Somebody else commented when I was felicitating them that, you know, they should have been uh, recognized with this 25 years ago. So, but they said, those Hame aaj anandai ke Pradhan Mantri Narendra Modi ji ne hamari kala ko recognize kiya. Derai derostai. So I think these are small messages. Right. But they have a big transformational impact on society. And therefore I think I would appeal through you that our young generation, our middle class, our well-to-do young boys and girls, our educated young boys and girls must make it a point to... In whatever field they choose, all need not be in politics. They, they are welcome in politics. Yeah. More the merrier. Uh, good people are wanted in politics. Mm -hmm. But whatever is their calling in life, whatever they choose, they must give back. I have appealed, for example, to all the graduates of National Institute of Fashion Technology or National Institute of Design. That can you give me one day in a month or one day in a week? Whatever you can. Do a online training program mm. with your experience coupled with the education you received in NIFT, you've now become a, and many of them are all over the world. Mm. You've now become a far more grounded or experienced person. Can you give some time to the next generation? I want to introduce more courses online so that instead of maybe 10,000 graduates that we are able to enroll or six, 7,000 in NID, NIFT, Indian Institute of Packaging, Indian Institute of Foreign Trade, all of them put together. We are trying to see if we can expand the skill sets of yeah. people. In I was a just going to say that, skilling our population. Using uh, technology. Huh. So it's going to be a collective effort. And I do hope we'll see more IIT engineers, more IAM uh, graduates, more chartered accountants, more architects, more interior designers giving back to society. It could be skill development. It could be helping government make a better building. And it could be seeing whatever public works are going on and that they are good quality so that ultimately it's taxpayer money that's, that's being true. So, uh, good final, things will come when good people get involved. Final question is on which I've asked many people and I'm going to ask you also that people who pull in long uh, hours uh, who work in high stress jobs and you travel to what do you do to keep uh, you know your mental health your mental well-being uh, what do you use what what tactics what what are your tools that you use well i'm very religious uh, and uh, prayers and meditation do give me a lot of solace and uh, help me remain calm mm -hmm. to the extent i can i'm okay. i'm told i'm a little bit <laughs> aggressive sometimes okay um, i do my treadmill regularly or do a walk mm. i do yoga every day and if i'm traveling we, i do it with my acharyaji online mm -hmm. so we have a very good uh, routine and i do that whatever be the time of the day or night so physical and mental well-being uh, is it discussed among uh, the cabinet among you all you when you all get together do you all talk about how, what tools you should use we don't discuss so much uh, between each other but Prime Minister Modi is always concerned about us he has a very sharp eye mm. I mean I can share an instance for example where a colleague of ours none of us felt he was unwell but Prime Minister Modi in the in the in a break time of a council of ministers told him 
कौशल किशोर जी मुझे लगता है आपको डॉक्टर को दिखाना होगा कुछ मुझे ठीक नहीं लग रहा है आपका वजन सडनली बढ़ गया एंड लो एंड बिहोल्ड वेन ही वेंट टू द डॉक्टर टू चेकअप ही वॉज डिटेक्टेड विद सीरियस इलनेस फॉर विच ही गॉट ट्रीटेड एंड नाउ इज परफेक्टली फाइन आई मेट एम फ्यू डेज बैक एंड वॉज एक्चुअली मच मच मोर एजाइल एंड एक्टिव सो Prime Minister is always concerned about us. My throat used to always be a problem. I've shared this before. Mm. Uh, during COVID, when I was debriefing him on certain issues, he suddenly turns around and tells me, and I was must have been very hoarse that day. Mm. He says, "Do me apna gala thik karna hai." And I said, "Of course." Mm. Said, "Karoge jo main kahunga." And I said, "Jo kahoge karenge." And he says, "Yog karo." Mm. And I had I used to do yoga when I was much younger, and I'd kind of come to Delhi, and time mm. I'm nahi milta tha, chhod diya tha. So he inspired me to get back onto it, and not only inspired me, he made sure that a teacher comes and gets me going. Okay. So that's that human touch that Prime Minister Modi has, which many people outside don't uh, get to see or understand. But really, a person with a big heart, very very concerned about uh, all his colleagues, all the party workers, people with whom he's worked for thirty, forty, fifty years. I remember during COVID. दूर दराका का किसी ने तीस साल पहले मोदी जी के साथ काम किया होगा अगर इनको पता चलता उसको कोविड हो गया है या तकलीफ है बीमार है वुड मेक इट अ पॉइंट टू कॉल फाइंड आउट अबाउट वेल बीइंग समबडी हैज अ गुड ओकेजन इन देयर फैमिली समबडी हैज अ अनफॉर्चुनेट प्रॉब्लम इन द फैमिली यू फाइंड द प्राइम मिनिस्टर मेकिंग अ कॉल रियली इंस्पायर्स यू विद एक्शन एंड हैज दैट दैट human touch that family touch that he earns your not only your admiration not only your respect but your love mm-hmm. well on that note thank you very much piyush ji for sparing the time speaking to us in such great detail about personal anecdotes as well as your job uh, which you have uh, in spite of all the pressures you found the time so here's wishing you mental and physical well-being <laughs> and all the best for the future Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank Delighted you so much. to be on your show. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening on watching this episode. Do like or subscribe on whichever channel you have seen this or heard this. Namaste. Jai Hind. Jai Hind.